Now, who's next? Mr. Anderson. So you're sitting there in agony. Come on, Todd, step up. Let's put you out of your misery. I, I didn't do it. I didn't write a poem. Mr. Anderson thinks that everything inside of him is worthless and embarrassing. Isn't that right, Todd? And that's your worst fear. Well, I think you're wrong. I think you have something inside of you that is worth a great deal. I sound my barbaric yawp. The rooftops world. W, W, Uncle Walt again. Now, for those of you who don't know, a yelp is a loud cry or yell. Now, Todd, I would like you to give us a demonstration of a barbaric yelp. <laughs> come on, you can't yelp sitting down. Let's go. Come on, up. Gotta get in yelping stance. Uh, a yelp. No, not just a yelp. A barbaric yelp. Yawp. Come on. Louder. Yawp. Oh, that's a mouse. Come on. Louder. Yawp. Oh, good God, boy. Yeah, like yawp. There it is. You see? You have a barbarian in you after all. Now, you don't get away that easy. Picture of Uncle Walt up there. What does he remind you of? Don't think. Answer. Go on. A, 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 a madman. What kind of madman? Well, think about it. Just answer again. A crazy madman. No, you can do better than that. Free up your mind. Use your imagination. Say the first thing that pops into your head, even if it's total gibberish. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the sweaty tooth madman. Good God, boy, there's a poet in you after all. There, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close them. Now, describe what you see. Uh, I, I close my eyes. Yes? Uh, and this image floats beside me. The sweaty tooth madman. The sweaty tooth madman with a stare that pounds my brain. Oh, that's excellent. Now, give him action. Make him do something. His hands reach out and choke me. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And all the time he's mumbling. What's he mumbling? Uh, mumbling truth. Yes. Truth like, like a blanket that always leaves your feet cold. Forget them, forget them. Stay with the blanket. Tell me about that blanket. You, 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 you push it, stretch it, it'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it, it'll never cover any of us. From the moment we enter crying to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry and scream. Yeah. Don't you forget this. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! I am Neville. You've joined us at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center for your block party and our tribute to the man who could make us all laugh and cry Robin Williams featuring Edika Shilome Brandon Jackson Alejandro Perez and the man who runs the show Rafael Tamayo it is an open mic for musicians and emerging poets including Robert Torres Sebastian Paramo Gustavo Edwin Novell's Centro College Spoken Word Club, Priscilla Rice, Tom, the team from Brook Street, and handling it all, 
the woman with moves to make Usher step aside, host B. Randall. Love, so many things I've got to tell you, but I'm afraid I don't know how. Cause there's a possibility to look at me this way, love. Here is Edika. Yeah, give it up for Priscilla. She is an amazing, amazing, beautiful, beautiful human being. And I know she's been busy helping organizers. She's such a big part. B. Randall, too. She is such a big part. Give a hand up for her. And just the space, y'all. This space is very sacred. It's very sacred. I have now seen almost everything and everybody up on this mic. <laughs> From children to novice to, uh, to legends to experience. I mean, this is a beautiful space. People are coming together. People want to share their talents, their expressions, their stories, their truths. Their truth of kings and queens, of sacredness, and that's beautiful. So I'm honored to be here to share with y'all. I'm learning to translate the best of me in order to tap into the rest of me. But let me tell you, this is not for your entertainment. I'm training the beast in me through shadow puppets constructed by my own imaginary, but this is not for your entertainment. These words are rhythmic reminders of my existence, my persistence, my fight for breath to be free. Life calling out for itself the way I have learned to bleed, and this is not for your entertainment. This is for your life. Remedies for your swallowing silence for the moments you never thought you could, never imagined you would, but I'm calling you out wide open to bleed with me. Don't let your fears feed the insecurities they breed inside of we Come live outside that prism and believe you can speak words outside of mind. You have sight outside of time. Do you hear me yet, poets? Do you hear me yet, poets? We are not meant for that entertainment. We are reflections of realities they must come to reconcile. We are collectors of the fragmented pieces they would otherwise turn to fire, A-B-B-I-C-T-I-O-N, and I'm scared. Just like you, that I have no room to move in this reality, no end that I have not been room for their stages, pages, puzzles, and pins. The only difference is I learned to make amends when Audrey said poetry is not a luxury. And breaths are not guaranteed the while you're on this ride with me. Why can't we do more than look cute? Why can I stand up here and tell you how I am my mother's child? Life has taught me a few things. Like what our tears but raindrops that nurture gold. What our fears but reminders that our pride must drop and we must consistently challenge what we think we already know. Generations born between chaos and stone. Whatever you're thinking I'm feeling right now, sister, I promise you, you are not alone. We are not meant to remain idle. I said you are not meant to remain idle. We are meant to strive and thrive beyond survival. So I'm not here for your entertainment tonight. Rather, I'm here for our much needed revival. Yeah. All right. Why do I stand up here? Anybody? To feel taller. No. Thank you for playing, Mr. Dalton. I stand upon my desk to remind myself that we must constantly look at things in a different way. 
See, the world looks very different from up here. You don't believe me? Come see for yourselves. Come on. Come on. Just when you think you know something, you have to look at it in another way. Even though it may seem silly or wrong, you must try. Now, when you read, don't just consider what the author thinks. Consider what you think. Boys, you must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Thoreau said most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Don't be resigned to that. Break out. Don't just walk off the edge like lemmings. Look around you. There. There you go, Mr. Christie. Thank you. Yes. Dare to strike out and find new ground. Now, in addition to your essays, I would like you to compose a poem of your own, an original work. Oof. That's right. You have to deliver it aloud in front of the class on Monday. Bon chance, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Tom. I will be reading uh, a poem. It is called An Elementary Poem. I don't know if I know what a poem is. I may never have written a true poem before. I hope I have, or if I haven't, I hope I will. I know I've tried putting words in an order, right or wrong, or into a beautiful disorder, silly or sublime. Sometimes, like water, a euphonious stream of constant pouring forth that overtakes and lubricates the soul with quick, clear, clean inspiration. Other times, it's like a stone that I chip at for a bit and then come back later and chip off more for a long, involved, timely process until I have a well-hewn sculpture crafted into a fine, well-wrought monolith. And then in a moment it can burn me, consume me whole, and scorch scars into my skin and stay long after their branding. But on some calm, bright days, when the world in young beauty wakes to the marvel of a rare and wonderful peace, a stillness that stops the turbulence of the heart, the cool breeze blows, the soothing air winds across our face, the wind caressing our body, restoring our energies and faculties for but a fraction of a second, yet we feel it deeply and write the line down as fast as we can and hope more days like that come so we can finish the thing for once. <laughs> or so I think. Am I crazy? Or has this happened to you too? An elementary poem from the hustle and bustle of the block party, vendors, dancers, food, music all along the, along the street. I dragged the man running the show aside to tell us how he does it. What's his story? Here is Raphael. Great. So, yes. Um, so, you know, I, I had um, there was a, a lot of different things that I was doing and, uh, you know, with the the. the the entrepreneur, the, the business, the sneaker streetwear expo, the hip-hop community that I was very involved in, the arts and cultural scene that, that I was a big part of, and the theater, which you know kind of started the whole arts and culture uh, chase for me. Um, you know, I was involved with several local 
theater groups here. I worked with a lot of uh, theater groups out in San Antonio, and we had uh, you know several different visiting theater groups that I had worked with, you know, from Mexico, Venezuela, from New Zealand, uh, Royal Shakespeare Company. So I, I you know, I, I kind of with the whole theater thing, I, I got a variety of different different types of it, and and. So culturally, I became a little more enriched at, at that early point in my life. And um, I kind of carried all that with me into the future. And, and, you know, when you mix that and starting your own business and the hip hop community and you're exposed to something, um, something, you know, to a wide array of, of experiences, you sort of start to make the connections after a while and say, well, you know, I, I, you know, I did a theater production where... I experienced a little bit of what I experienced in the hip hop community, or I saw an opportunity in in my Kixpo business that, you know, working as a banker, I, I could kind of, you know, commingle and, and mix. And um, I really got to experiment with types of events and types of experiences, and and uh, working with uh, actually Caramia Theater Group. You know, David Lozano here in, in Dallas, he would always tell me about different things happening in the city, and um, I was always a big fan of Dallas. You know, I went to San Antonio, I lived in Los Angeles for about a year, and I've traveled around the country, and I've had, you know, fairly nice experiences in terms of, you know, my, my arts and, and my culture, perhaps, what have you, and, and um, I would always come back, and I would always say, you know, to some of my friends, you know, you don't have to leave Dallas to, to do what you want to do, but, you know, I left Dallas, and, and I came back, but it was... It, I got excited about wanting to see some of the things and some of the experiences that I had here in Dallas and sort of, you know, putting our own flavor, our own twist to it because I knew Dallas had a, an abundance of talent and a community that was willing to support and, and I knew that it was going to take some work to, to get that to flourish and luckily an opportunity came up. David Lozano with Caramia, as I mentioned earlier, would, would always tell me, you know, different, different things happening in the city and the city had an opening for... Uh, a management position here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center and you know I actually went to school to middle school here at Griner and uh, I've had family here in Oak Cliff for a long time I've always been a big fan of, of the community here and, and I said you know this sounds perfect let me see what it what it's all about and um, I was presented with uh, with information I, I went to an interview and I said you know this sounds really exciting I feel like I have what it takes to make Oak Cliff Cultural Center a vibrant and, and exciting place. And uh, luckily I was given the opportunity uh, by, by our director, Maria Munoz Blanco, and uh, I, I never looked back. Three, three and a half years ago I, I came on board and I said, it'd be nice to see this here, it'd be nice to see that here, and we had people that were ready and willing to support and they said, you should do this and you should do that. And uh, we kind of took it from there. And, and here we are, four years, four years deep. You know, from the outside looking in, a community is often just aware of the experience, the artistic experience, uh, the enrichment, the activities, the involvement. They're often quite unaware that it takes a business mind, a business sense, coupled with an artistic heart and soul to make this a viable space. Isn't that so? That is very true. And that's, that's a, that was a lesson, <laughs> especially for me. Um, I mean, uh, you know, doing theater, I, I understood that I, I couldn't necessarily do the things that I wanted to do with theater if all I did was theater. So I had to find a way to make, make do and then eventually find a way to, to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do 
and I'm going to get there by n doing things that I don't necessarily get excited about. And so um, I, I learned the lesson that uh, you have to be able to, you know, that with the whole marketing thing and, and uh, looking at it as a business, that's the only way that, that uh, the people will experience it on, on a larger scale, which is what I was trying to do and I'm still trying to do. And, um, you know, and, and not to take away or be unappreciative of the artists that are really self-fulfilling and, and, you know, are, are there to say, well, I do the art for myself and as an expressive form. But uh, when, when you're able to see something amazing or, or something that changes your world, changes your life, and you get the opportunity to share that with somebody else or with a group of people, I think that's the most incredible thing. And uh, that doesn't always happen with, with amazing art. And I think that's a travesty. And, and so I dedicate myself on trying to, trying to change that, trying to say, hey, look, this is an incredible thing. And, and you know, the world needs this, the community needs this. Let's find a way to share it with them. And um, it, takes, it takes some business savvy sometimes. And, you know, it, it doesn't always work seamlessly, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge, but a fun one. Yes, that's for sure. Raphael will be back to tell us what happens going forward. Here is Priscilla Rice. Um, so I was given an assignment to write a poem uh, in reference to hip-hop, so this is what I came up with. I want to see a five-foot-two Aztec-faced queen draped in ceremonial robes, a high priestess spitting words of truth like fire that pierced like the sun god Quetzalcoatl. That's what I saw in my dream. That's what I would like to see if I existed in hip-hop. I searched for this high priestess of hip-hop on the radio and on television and I couldn't find her. I had to look on YouTube, Pandora, and other alternative media where I found her. Sisters who sacrificed their hearts and exposed their wounds all in the name of art. Artists like La Mala Rodriguez, Ana Tijoux, Erica, GDLR. That's my hip-hop. So let me rephrase my statement because I do exist in hip-hop. If I existed in mainstream hip-hop, I would see and hear that fire-spitting she-rapper goddess. If I existed in mainstream hip-hop, I would rap for the dreamers, the believers. I would be the face of the old and the new immigrant. If I existed, if I existed, I would spit words that would heal the wounded, the broken, and the blind. If I existed, my words would sing of hope. If I existed, I would be a person, not some over-sexualized, over-exposed video vixen. You would actually hear my voice before you would even notice anything else. If I existed, I would rap about the single moms, the married moms, the childless moms, the abuelitas, the daughters, the sisters, all of us. If I existed, I would start a revolution with words that would plant seeds in little girls' minds so they could become anything they wanted to be, even fire-spitting she-rapper goddesses slash rappers. If I existed, I would create an army of chicas locas ready to unleash an artillery of words and start a revolution of social consciousness, equality, justice, and truth. If I existed, Thank you, Priscilla. Here is the love poet, Brandon Jackson. She said, write me something that will help me forget you. 
Tell me something beautiful because I'm tired of spreading limbs with him between them, reaching for someone that I can't make love to. I let him own me when he promises to show me that he can take the insecurity out. She said, I want your poetry to save me because he shakes me like Haiti and his lips are diseased with shit that I love to stay sick with. She had if poetry breaks promises or if she could find her superhero in spoken word and if I could wear a cape while I spit because when she cuts, she bleeds his scent, smelling him in her sleep. She confessed. She used to be blessed before she met him. She said, I asked God to help me forget him, but he still stays in my daydreams and never pays rent to live on my skin. I laid down everything for him. I compromised my mind for him. I prostituted my time to him. I'd spend my last time on him because Brandon never is a long time without him see. He wasn't real attractive until he made me laugh. He makes me so angry until he touches me again. He knows how to resurrect passion after he makes tears die along my face. And I never asked him what he wanted. I just always assumed it was me. So write me something that will help me forget his existence. Invent those similes that can force me to smile. Inject metaphors to be my medicine. And tell me a truth that's unfamiliar. She wondered if I could build her a soulmate stream of consciousness. Or if the closure she was searching for lived beneath my fingertips, she begged for words to demonstrate miracles so she could forget about him and how his eyes would torture her into forgiveness. She said, today, you don't even have to be creative. Just give me something cliche. Tell me how my black and brown is still beautiful even though he doesn't want me anymore. Tell me how strong women are even though I'm weak around him. Feed me misconceptions of how all men are dogs even though I don't believe them and that's what I told her. Sometimes the minds of boys will come in adult packages. But she wanted me to convince her that love won't convince her again. And asked if my wordplay felt as warm as his arms felt because if it does, she'd go to sleep with these sheets of paper. See, she ordered me to take away this lonely, to feed water and sunlight to the immaturity of him hoping to grow herself a god. When God and man are not synonyms, I knew something was wrong. When she said, write me something that will make me love myself again. I don't call it stupidity. I call it incompletion. I've seen it in the history of my mothers and grandmothers. I see it in the futures of our daughters and granddaughters, while some women share multiple fathers with their children. And this word, forever, is just a superstition now. So that's when I told her, no poem can restore what you are choosing to keep empty. And all that I can offer is prayer, something that can heal you better than poetry. You are on the journey. We are at Oak Cliff Cultural Center four-year block party. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Question one rates the poem's perfection. Question two rates its importance. And once these questions have been answered, determining the poem's greatness becomes a relatively simple matter. 
If the poem score for perfection is plotted on the horizontal of a graph... Mr. Keating, they made everybody sign Anderson. you got to believe me, it's true. I do believe you, Tom. Leave, Mr. Keating. But it wasn't his fault. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. One more outburst from you or anyone else, and you're out of this school. Leave, Mr. Keating. I said leave, Mr. Keating. Captain, my captain. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. You hear me? Sit down. I felt a funeral in my brain, and mourners to and fro kept treading, treading, till it seemed that sense was breaking through. And when they all were seated, a service like a drum kept beating, beating, till I thought my mind was going numb, and uh, then I heard them lift a box and creak across my soul with those same boots of lead then space began to toll as all the heavens were a bell and being but an ear and I and silence some strange race wrecked solitary here and then a plank in reason broke, and I dropped down and down and hit a world at every plunge and finished knowing then. Emily Elizabeth Dickinson Here again is Raphael. Raphael, what do people need to do if they want to get involved with the Oak Cliff Cultural Center? Well, to get involved, I mean, we're not hard to find. We're on every social media. We're on, we're, we do the whole thing. We do the Facebook, the Twitter, the, the Instagram, the, all of that. We have a website, um, but we work with a lot of different partners. And um, I think the, the unique thing about this particular cultural center is that we really do strive to highlight the highest quality arts and culture um, to all the visitors and to all the citizens of this city. And... There's, there's so many different cultures that there isn't honestly enough days in a year to, to go through everything that we need to. 
So it might mean that you know we have an exhibition that highlights a particular civilization that had a connection to a small population here in Oak Cliff. You know, we have plans to highlight you know uh, the the Afro Mexican population, which you know here in Oak Cliff it, it would do great because not a lot of you know people here in Oak Cliff understand the connection and. Uh, you know, we, we've had exhibitions in the past where we've highlighted the Mexican Revolution and conversations of people like Emiliano Zapata come up and the conversation that Emiliano Zapata was an Afro-Mexican will never come up. And so it's things like that where we really look at highlighting those things and making those connections so that the people from Oak Cliff can say, hey, you know, I'm on the north side, but I have a connection to the south side or to the west side. And I have a connection to people overseas and to a different continent and uh, it really gives us a different perspective and, and you know it takes us a little bit closer to living to I, I don't want to say that perfect world but a little more harmoniously if, if, you know do you still get a chance to practice your art or are you mainly just focused on managing the center oh I still do with the little time that I find I still do I mean it's not necessarily uh, what, what I was accustomed to and, and and uh, used to at one point, but um, you know, I have a lot of fun here. And I'm able to work with a lot of theater groups here, even though we don't have a large theater space. You know, I, I'm still involved some way. And uh, you know, even on my own personally, I still, I'm always writing, whether it's you know, a, a spoken word piece, a, a rap, a 16 bar verse, or, or some monologues, monologues that turn into you know, support or some type of creative consulting for, for some of the artists that I know. So, um, so it's always in some form or fashion that, that I find a way to kind of sneak into to what my passions are. But um, this is definitely a, a full-time job here and, and I enjoy every bit of it. Derailing you is like the thought of taking no meat, no bread, no beans until the day I die. Though I would rather starve than see you lose your way, I long for you to swerve, to stray, the way a falcon leans on the changed will of the sky. Here is Edwin from El Centros College Spoken Word Club. Sometimes I see the world in binary code. I see what it invokes. I'd rather have a crypto-linguic exam and pass me your hardest puzzles than wonder and ponder about the needs and grieve on more moral keys than I could even believe. What could I possibly achieve if I sit back and wonder this book, this page, more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. Indeed, I found myself lost, lost in a world where things are just get more money, go to college, better job, better job, better job. 
Well, what does that involve? Where's the love? Where's the peace? Where's us? See, long ago Cairo formed a child, baptized in the Nile. When asked why, he replied with black eyes and a sly smile. Most guys drown a rap lie in denial while I stand high on the mummified pile. Obviously, this lad became a traverse prodigy. He perceived preachers' perverse apologies as reverse psychology, but what was worse was how high they cursed the modesty, spewing verse after verse of rehearsed hypocrisy. Obviously, this lad couldn't control his frail traits, so he drove the blind justice how to fill the space between the braille breaks. Wait. No eye for an eye, just plenty of time to understand one's inner mind and see the difference of the shine of the saint and the cynicon, or do they more or less intertwine? This is a punishment, blessing is a crime. Is that society I began to define because this rich vocab still made common sense and as they rose, no one chose to contradict. See, I see the world and what it could be. Instead of knowledge and power, wisdom and purity. Yeah. Welcome to Sebastian. This poem is called The Roofers. I work hard heat into a home. Then, when everything is done and dark, I lay flat and can't help but think of those pioneers. Because there was once a city I fled, and it's over there in the past and the brow of a man crossing the Rio, staring at the Big Dipper. It's as if now the stars read like an inscription, a possibility, instructions to be found, always there guiding. It's like this unbearable tar couldn't justify this living, not until the cooler of beers the hours wait, <coughs> the meal brought to a table with calloused hands could trade work for my first love a blue-green Chevrolet truck. This I will trade to my son for nothing because he earned it when he gave me life. Let me watch him grow, lead him by his hand to the flatbed and look toward a swath of stars, calling it ours, drawing constellations of our future to which we lay the floor pans, building a home over and over again until it feels tangible enough to dust off our boots and walk inside. All right. And now, Robert Therese. Square between slate lips and rising water, we don't align. Neither, neither of us will cross from one too far from. About the space we build what we call home. Filled with bones and gulls, smiling, morning glory. You tend these gems to avoid contact between your eyes and mine. Thunder cracks. Our spines straighten. We move together out of fear, the only way we know. We raise a tent against the rain that falls through us. We make our bodies small to hide from pain, but still it finds us. We crush our bodies tighter, mutter together forever. Not a promise, a wasted prayer. The floodwater is our apathetic god coming to tear us asunder. The miracle of drowning is forgetting how to breathe, and forgetting how to hate is your swift way to see. We hide like rats in each other's arms. Like love homes built from fear are not built to last. We don't carry the driftwood now, but we'll soak through any minute. Our voices are softer than the rain, and no one is near to find us. We make our bodies small to hide from pain, but it's inside us. 
It's time to start clicking those fingers. Here is songster and poet Alejandro Perez. AP. Love, 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 love. We love. 
to share. It's good to share. When it's sincere. When it's sincere. Who are we? We be the people with the love inside of me. Thank you all for joining us at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center four-year block party. See you next week.